Good job. Thank you guys so much. Well, good morning to you. So glad you're here with us today. My name's Danny Forshe, pastor at Great Hills Baptist Church, and we're delighted that you're here today. We welcome you both online as well as uh, all the folks here in the worship center. Uh, today is uh, a special day. Obviously, it's Easter, Resurrection Sunday, and I just want you to feel welcome today. We're delighted uh, that you are here. You, many of you are guests, and uh, someone invited you. Somebody twisted your arm to get you here, and so we're so glad that you came, and we pray that God would, uh, would bless you. Thank you, Lori. That's my, that's my favorite song right now uh, that she just sang. I'm excited for a lot of reasons. Uh, first of all, to get to preach this message that God has put on my heart called Believe For It uh, that we'll share today right here at 11 o'clock, and then I'll share it again at 5 o'clock as we launch a campus, a new campus up at Liberty Hill called Connect Church, Liberty Hill. And so we're real excited about that. So much work, uh, almost a year of meeting and planning uh, and praying and fasting, seeking God's help and hope. Uh, and so we'll launch out this afternoon. And so please, please pray for us then. Um, we'll talk about today the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now that is a historical, uh, verifiable fact because there is no body to be found. But I really believe that you already believe that or you probably would not be here uh, today. And so instead of focusing on so much the what of the resurrection, I want to focus on the so what. Why does it matter? If it's true, uh, it changes everything, but you may ask today, but how could it change me? How could it help me? Can I give an advertisement before I actually preach my message today? I want to share with you, beginning a week from today, I'm going to start a, a series of messages that I have been studying really hard, reading and preparing called Winning the Battle in Your Mind. And that is a series I'm going to begin a week from today, Winning the Battle in Your Mind. And I really believe it's going to offer a lot of hope and help and healing to people like me that suffer from anxiety and others who suffer from fear and depression and, and those thoughts that we battle so uh, ferociously in our minds and in our hearts. And, so, and since I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, I've had so many people, I mean literally people walk up to me, male and female, who say, I cannot wait until uh, you preach that series because that's exactly where I am. I'm struggling with these thoughts in my mind, these thoughts that capture me and lead me down a road that I do not want to go. So I'm looking forward to it and I'm really looking forward to sharing that with you. If you want to get a head start, uh, read the book, Winning the War in Your Mind by Craig Rochelle. It's a fascinating book. It's a fantastic, very practical, practical book. There's so much stress uh, in our world. There's so much heartache. I can't hardly watch the, the news when it talks about Ukraine and what is happening there. Um, there's so much violence in our city. Some cities are... The percentage points are just astronomical as to the violence and the murder and the pain that we see so many suffering. You know, we're still battling with uh, the pandemic, the COVID-19. I, I understand tomorrow was the day that the airlines were going to lift all the mask mandates. Then they came back recently and said, just kidding, we're, we're not going to do that. We're going we're to extend it for who knows how long. And so, I don't know if you knew this, but before the, the pandemic, Pre-COVID-19, uh, one out of every five people suffered from what 
some would call a severe mental crisis, a severe mental illness. Today, y'all know what that number is? It's not one out of every five, it's one out of every two. One out of every two people are suffering. Now, when they say a severe mental crisis, they're not talking about, you know, just a fleeting worry or concern. They're talking about a severe anxiety that leads to panic attacks, that could lead to discouragement, that leads even some to full-blown depression. In preparing for this series that I'm going to start next week, I was listening to a podcast on a lady by the name of Ann Voskamp, and I'd never heard of her before, and and I was listening because her story was so fascinating. She and her husband are pig farmers in Canada. And I was like, really? Yeah, she said, we're, we're just a couple of pig farmers in Canada. And here she was being featured on this very prominent podcast. And so I was like, well, why would they feature a pig farmer from Canada until I listened to her story? Her story goes like this. She as a stay-at-home mom, her husband, they own this huge farm in Canada. And um, she began to post a daily blog. Uh, once a day, she would write some of her thoughts, some of the things that she was experiencing. And the thing about Ann Voskamp is, some of you may know of her in her writings, she's very transparent. And she's very vulnerable. And she shares very openly about her own struggles and the things that maybe her and her husband deal with. And, and, and she's so very likable and easily readable. And so she's writing this, and this blog post got up to 800 people a day reading what she had to say. You say, well, that's, that's really neat. So where are you going with this? Until a Zondervan publishing agent in a very circuitous way, found out about Ann Voskamp. They said, now, who is she? Well, she's a pig farmer up in Canada. Okay, and she writes this blog. This blog is amazing. Today, she is a New York Times best-selling author. She has written five books. She's very prominent, speaks all over the nation. And this is what she said, and it captured my heart, and I can't wait to talk more about this next week. She said this, Everybody you meet is facing a battle. So be careful the words that you use. Be careful what you say because everybody is fighting a battle. So that's my advertisement. Thank you all for letting me give you a commercial, a 30-second infomercial on uh, next week, winning the battle uh, in your mind. But what about today? Today's passage of Scripture, I have two for you, then Romans chapter 8 and then Ephesians chapter 1. The main premise of my message, my Easter message, Resurrection Sunday sermon is this, and to put it in a nutshell, this is so encouraging and it's so hopeful, especially for some of our cynics and our skeptics who are saying, yes, uh, I get the story, I, I get it, I understand it, and I'm only here because somebody coerced me to come in here. You know, I, I get the what, so What? What does it matter? What, what, does it, what difference does it make? And here's what I would share with you. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead can live in you. The same power. The most explosive power in the universe that spoke the universe into being, that created your mind what one writer said, one neuroscientist said, and I don't even think he said it from a Christian perspective. He said, the mind is the most complex entity in all the universe. And the same power that created your mind, 
spoke the world in the universe, raises the dead, is the same power that can live in you and me if we believe it. So here's the passage of Scripture. I want to read two of them. Number one is uh, Romans chapter 8. It says, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Now just wrap your mind around that for just a moment, okay? This is way beyond the empirical and the historical factoid. I mean, this, this really could have life-altering implications. The Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life. Oh, I love those two little words. Not death, not worry, not fear. No, he will give life. The Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead gives life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells uh, in, in you. I was so excited when I was studying this passage of Scripture over the last couple of weeks and and just thinking about it, what if, what if we could wrap our minds and our hearts around this theological truth that this power, the power of God, could be unleashed in my life and in your life? And what would that look like? How that power would give us strength over addictions. How that power could really ameliorate and improve our mental status and our mental worries and fears and doubts. How... This power, if it's powerful enough to raise people from the dead for heaven's sakes, do you think it's powerful enough to help my marriage or to help me with my teenagers who are driving me crazy, by the way? I mean, you know, is it that powerful? Some of y'all don't know me. I don't have teenagers, okay? So they're not driving me crazy, all right? They're, they're grown. They're married. They're having kids. Hallelujah. Can I talk to you about grandkids? Anyhow, let me, I digress. One writer says, Paul's statement may be paraphrased like this. If you are a believer, the risen Christ dwells in you. Mm. It is true. On the one hand, your body is still subject to, to temporal death, which is the consequence of sin. I get it. But on the other hand, the spirit who raised him up, he takes his abode in you. The living and life-giving spirit of Christ imparts to you and me that eternal life, which is the consequence of justification. Another writer put it like this. He said, in other words, now, I love reading these commentators and these theologians in there, and, and, and like me, they're, they're trying to verbalize what it's almost impossible to verbalize. It's this resurrecting power, the power, the most powerful entity in the universe God Almighty himself would take up his abode in a mere mortal human being. It blows my mind. He says these words. In other words, God promises spiritual resurrection life. He promises it now for every believer. And then he promises us physical resurrection in the future for that same mortal body, end of quote. Jesus put it like this. This is probably a more familiar passage to you. It says, the thief does not come except to steal. Mercy, are we not seeing that? Steal, kill, destroy. Destroy lives, destroy homes, destroy nations. There's very real prominent evil in this world. And Jesus said, yep, he's, he's alive. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Can, can, can I encourage you guys and gals with this? The abundant 
joyful, everlasting life that Jesus Christ promises those who believe for it, it doesn't have to start when you die, okay? You say, yeah, I'm just, man, I'm just going to make it. I just got to get through this crazy thing called life. And then, you know, when I die, I I believe in God. I'm going to go to heaven. And, oh, man, I just can't. No, did you know that that is, Jesus did not hang on a cross and shed his blood and rise from the dead so that you and I can just get by. He wants us to live with joy. He wants us to live with an abundance, with a quality of life that says, look, I am, I'm a mere mortal human being like you, and I have my struggles and my faults and my difficulties, but I'm telling you there is this peace. There is this joy that I cannot explain. It's the joy of the living Christ who lives in me. How do I get that? Man, what, where, where do you find that? It comes through belief, through trust. Paul says it this way. He says, yet in all of these things, we are more present tense today, not, oh yeah, when I die, but we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So Romans 8, 11, wow, my, my. The spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. The next verse I really want to focus in with you today in my Easter Resurrection Sunday message entitled Believe for It is this one. It's in Ephesians chapter 1, and it's verses 19 and 20. Now, when I read it to you, it's going to look a little different, and the reason it's going to look different is because I've taken the pleasure and the leisure to put the Greek word beside the English translation. And the reason I do that is just not to show you that I've studied Greek for, a, for many years. That's not it at all. The reason I'm putting it there is because I really want you to see the significance of what the Word of God is telling us. You'll recognize some of these English words are transliterated right out of the, the Greek language, which is a beautiful language to study. And here's what Paul said to the church at Ephesus. And I want you to just grab, grab this with me. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. I hope y'all caught that in the transition of the sentences. I want y'all to make sure you catch that. That same power that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Paul says, I want you to understand this power. I want you to appropriate this power. I want you to believe for it. And so let let me roll it back. Let's look at verse 19. Let's put it on the screen. And I want to walk you through each one of those Greek words because each one of them are so significant and they're so theologically pregnant. Let's just give birth to them today. Look, Look at this. It's awesome. What is the exceeding greatness of his dunamis? You know that word, right? It's where we get the English word dynamite, dynamo, dynamism. It refers to God's explosive, spiritual, dynamic, living, breathing force, his energy, his awesomeness. It's his dunamis. And and Paul said, what is it? And and Paul's like, oh, goodness, how do you describe this? It's it's exceeding. It's, It's great. It's powerful. But notice it's toward those who... Y'all see it? Who believe. So are you saying today, and is the Bible saying that all of this power is, it's out there, but it's 
inaccessible to me. It's unknown to me unless I believe for it. That's exactly right. But if you believe for it, look what happens. God then begins to work. He begins to work. Energy in. Isn't that cool? It's where, of course, you're catching on and we get the word energy. It refers to God's energetic power. All right, let's keep reading. Isn't this fun? Aren't y'all having fun? I went to church on Easter and I learned some Greek words. Hallelujah. What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty? Now, that's an interesting one. Ischios. This word refers to God's power that is more of a reference to his inherent or intrinsic strength. This is, now we're talking about resurrection, right? You're talking about creation, speaking it into existence. You're talking about the mind. You're talking about the, the universe and all of its laws and complexity. And, and it's talking about all the systems in the, in the human being, the neurological system, the digestive system, the reproductive system. I mean, how did we get all these systems and all these laws? and all? It's like somebody is out there and they know what they're doing. This isikos refers to God's inherent intrinsic, awesome strength, okay? And it's available to us who believe, and then he adds my favorite one, which is the word kratos, power. This word is only referenced to God in the Bible. Kratos, it refers to his omnipotent strength. It's his power that overcomes resistance Kratos refers to the miraculous power of Christ when he walked upon this earth. So the Apostle Paul is telling us, both to the church at Rome and to the church at Ephesus, and could he be saying it to you and to me today, that this same God who created the world and loves us all so much that he can, he can come within us, but the key is we have to want him to, and we have to open up our hearts and open up our minds because the release, uh, the, what, what, what just allows God to just come in and do his awesome work is that when we believe. Now, I'm, I'm wrapping my mind around God's awesome power for just a moment. His power to protect and his power to just overcome. Now think about that for just a moment because I am kind of leaning into my next week's sermon. God's power, his omnipotent power to protect and his power to, to break through. And I had a visual a couple weeks ago, and it's going to kind of sound kind of strange, but I want you to just stay with me because I had a visual of God's protective power. That, that God could go to great lengths to empower us and to protect us. And so I'm sitting in first class, April the 3rd. I'm traveling to another state. I'm going to speak at a conference. And did you say you're sitting in first class? Can I just say... That's a pretty amazing way to travel. I never go first class unless somebody bumps me up. Can I just get a witness? I got bumping up to first class. I'm telling you, they bring you these warm peanuts. We don't get those back there. Where did these? And, and there's almonds and pecans. I said, like, that's pretty nice. They said, oh, just hang on. They give you a towel, this hot towel. And I was like, what is that for? You know, I take a bath. I was like, I don't know, just wipe your face off or do whatever you want to do. I'm like, I'm looking around. People are like, you know, they're just doing it. They're like, this is pretty cool, isn't it? And they're wiping my face. And they're like, the lady comes in. She goes, 
well, what would you like for dinner? I was like, dinner? What's a, what's a dinner on a, a plane? A dinner? They're like, yes, what's your, what's your preference? I was like, man, this is awesome. I'll, I'll take everything you got, like a cruise, you know, just give it all to me. <laughs> and then I'm sitting in, did I tell you I was sitting in first class? Okay, so I'm sitting in first class, row 1E, and they open the, as I'm sitting there, and as everybody's getting on, they open the door to where the pilots were. And I was like, this is really cool. And I'm watching. You got the, the captain, the first officer. Then you had a guy sitting in the middle. And the, the, uh, the engineer, the flight engineer. I thought that guy sat over here. But anyhow, he's sitting in the middle. I said, that's interesting. So we're flying, you know. And, uh, and then I noticed that the airline steward and the stewardess, there's this very, very healthy gentleman. I mean, big guy. And this lady, they take the beverage cart and they put it right in front of the cockpit door. And I'm sitting in the front row, right? And I'm watching all this. I'm going, what's going on? They're about to do something. And then they take that beverage cart that is right here in front of the, the cockpit door. And they go around this way. And so they are two people forming a barrier between the cockpit and this barrier here, which is the beverage cart. And I said, they're about to open that door. They're about to open the door to the cockpit and they're going to do something with that pilot. He either got to go to the bathroom or they're going to give him something to eat. And sure enough, I'm just watching this going, this is fascinating. I never seen the door open ever. At least from 9-11, pre-9-11, I've never seen the door open of the cockpit. And all of a sudden, the cockpit door opened and the pilot appeared. I was like, wow. And then he took it, bam, shut it. And I was like, Oh, that's why they're standing here. That's why there is a beverage cart. That's why the marshal, I think I know who it was. I really don't, but I, the marshal over here. And I got to thinking, what if somebody had the idea that they were going to run and jump into the cockpit and take a hold of the plane? And I was like, that's about impossible. You say, yeah, but it opened. The door opened just slightly, but here's what would have to happen. That, that guy, that gal, would have to start running down the aisle. And, you know, I, I played football in the day. I can still tackle. I can still get in somebody's way. The marshal's going to grab them. I'm going to grab them. A bunch of people are going to grab them. And then they got to get up to this thing. How are you going to get... Y'all ever seen one of those beverage cards, the most clanky, goofy-looking thing in, on the universe? And they, okay, and so they finally get around that, and that big guy, he takes them out, the lady jumps on them, and the door is shut, and I was like, those people are safe. And it made me think about the power of God. God protects us. God has layers upon layers, and strength, and dunamis, and isikos, and energy in, and I have all these layers of blessings and protection and the, and the power of God. And it's all because I believe. I just believe for it. Do y'all know that Philippians 4.13 is still in the Bible? I can do all things through Christ who, you know which word that is? It's dunamis. The root word dunamis or dynamite who strengthens me. We can 
the context of Philippians 4 is to be content in every circumstance. And Paul says, I can do that. Can I just throw that out for one more time? How awesome and cool could it be that you and I could have the spiritual, emotional, mental wherewithal to be content no matter what? Would that not be an amazing way to live life on this earth? Because we are so easily offended, we're so easily ill-contented. What if there was a power in the universe that could inhabit a mere mortal's human body and so transform our minds so that we had such tranquility and such peace and, and, and such quietness, even though all Hades is breaking out among us, we have this peace of mind. Wouldn't that be awesome? What if we could have all the fruit of the Holy Spirit in us, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control? What if we had access to that? What if there was a power that could put my mind at ease, that could win this conflict with anxiety and depression and fear? Can I tell you, it's the power of God. It's the power of God. The title of my message today is called Believe for It. And I want to give you just a little background as to why I chose this title and why I chose these verses and why Kristen in a few moments is going to come sing it. And I'm just going to tell you all, hold on. If you haven't heard it, it's really going to bless you. I think part of it I think part of it is, I know what's coming. I, I just know that God has some peace and some joy for some people who really need it. And I'm one of them. And I'm, I'm so looking forward to just unpacking this and walking through this with you in the next several weeks. But believe for it. Is the, is the song uh, by C.C. Winans. C.C. Uh, Winans has won 23 Dove Awards. Now, that may not mean a lot to you if you're not familiar with Christian contemporary music, but it's the highest award that they can give. She has received 31 Grammy nominations. Do y'all know what Grammys are? That's kind of a big deal. She's won 15 of them. She is the most rewarded and decorated gospel female artist of all time. And she just came out last year with her biggest hit song ever, and she's my age. I mean, she's literally a few months older than me. I don't say I'm old as dirt, but I'm, you know, I'm 57, and she's older, older than I am, and there C.C. Winans is singing the song, Believe for It. She has her star on the Nashville Music City Walk of Fame. She also has her star at the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Believe for it, not only won a Dove Award, but it won a Grammy. It won another Grammy for the whole album, Believe for It. And then just a couple of weeks ago during the Grammys uh, on television, she won a third Grammy just a few weeks ago. And the title of that song, which Ashley and I, we just heard it on the, on the radio this morning, on TV this morning, it's called Never Lost. You never lost a battle, never lost a battle. Uh, 
Mm, this is good. I, I'm asking now, we're rocking and rolling this morning, getting ready for church. Wouldn't y'all like to see that? <laughs> That'd be pretty. Ooh, never lost a man. All right, here we go. CC and BB, that's how I knew. And when I was a kid, I mean, just growing up, I loved BB and CC Winans. They have eight siblings. There's 10 of them. They're all so gifted, so talented. She said, when it comes to the song, Believe For It, and this is her talking, it's really bigger than a record. It's a theme that I really want people to embrace. People who believe in God and people who might not ever go to church. I believe that hope is needed. And I want to impart this into the hearts of people everywhere. The song challenges people to not brush off your dreams. Don't give up. Don't give in. But it's time. It's time to believe that you can... It's time to believe that you can make it. She said, you can, you can do this. Believe that you can achieve what's in your heart. It's time to believe for wholeness, for healing, for yourself, for your family, for your community. It's time to believe for unity. I want to challenge you. This, I mean, she's letting it out. She's just bringing it. I want to challenge you to believe God for the impossible. Why? Because we serve a God who specializes in the impossible. Believe, she said, and the mountains will move. Here's a couple of the lyrics, and Kristen's going to sing it, and you're going to just enjoy it, and it's going it's to encourage you. They say that this mountain can't be moved. They say these chains will never break. But they don't know you like we do. There's power in your name. We've heard that there's no way through and we've heard the tide will never change, but they haven't seen what you can do. There's power in your name. Move the immovable. Break the unbreakable. God, we believe. God, we believe for it. From the impossible, we'll see a miracle. God, we believe. Just a couple more, a couple more lyrics. We know that hope is never lost, for there is still an empty grave. God, we believe no matter what, there's power in your name. You are the way when there seems to be no way. We trust in you, God, you have the final say. You are the way when there seems to be no way. I want to ask you to bow your heads with me and close your eyes. I don't think I've ever preached an Easter sermon and be done at 1148. Y'all, this is the miraculous. Y'all are... Y'all, some of y'all don't know me. Y'all are experiencing the miraculous because we, we don't do this a lot around here. But I really want you to bow your heads, close your eyes, just take a deep breath as Jeff and our team come up. And they're going to sing this song for you. Here's what I'm praying that will happen. I'm praying that God will... He will move the immovable. He will break the unbreakable. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead would come into your heart. You say, oh man, I wish that could be the case. It can be the case. You can't purchase it. You can't earn it. You, you just have to receive it. Could it be that today is the day? It's the day when you start to get liberty. It's the day when you start to receive wholeness and healing in your mind.
and in your body. The same power, the same power that raised Jesus from the grave is accessible. And you have to believe. Can I, can I ask you this with your head bowed and with your eyes closed? What, what do you have to lose? No, seriously, what, what do you have to lose? You say, well, I've given everybody else and everything else a, a try. Well, I, I guess I could give Jesus a try. Absolutely. But I just want to warn you. He's he ain't like nobody else. He'll do things because he's alive and he, he will take up residence in your heart. And then he'll begin to change you from the inside and you'll notice it. You'll treat your wife differently. You, you, you'll have the power to overcome the, the pornography. It's, it's, it's absolutely astounding. Ma'am, you will not be so quick and short with your husband and not cut him down. You, you'll, your tongue... It'll have sweetness. It'll be like honey, but like sweetness on it. You're like, what in the world? What's happening to me? And it's the power of the resurrected Christ. And then there are teenagers. And teenagers in the room, and, and you, you tap into this power, and the Spirit of Jesus starts to live within you because you trusted Him today. And you're not near as angry and not near as rebellious. And you're like, I kind of like people. <laughs> kind of like my parents. What in the world? What's happening to me? And it's the power of God. You say, how do I get that power? You believe. Can I just lead you in a prayer? And Kristen's going to sing the song. And, and the prayer just goes something like this. God, reveal yourself to us. I trust you. I believe you. I don't understand a lot about you. But today, here I come, by faith, I believe in Jesus' name.